welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, it's Monica here and welcome back to my latest episode of Made in Speech. This episode was brought to you by Monica Ferguson Coaching and Photography and I was so, so lucky to have an absolute powerhouse drop in. Now her name is Michelle. She is a coach, a trainer who specializes in building resilience, emotional intelligence and conversational intelligence. And this episode was all about anxiety. We covered so much about how the actual brain works and it'll help you so much to understand why things are happening as opposed to just what they are and she gives so many tips and tools and it is incredible stay tuned guys this will help you so much good morning my friend how are you (laughs) i'm awesome thanks monica how are you i'm awesome too um that was so good sitting here like how should i open this and then you just drop this wisdom bomb and i'm like that's how we'll open it So, so Yesterday was International Women's Day, and mm-hmm. so we're covering off anxiety. Well, that will be the start, as I'm sure we will go on many, many different tangents, which I fully mm. expect and embrace. Yeah. But can you please repeat what you just said before? <laughs> yeah, so when it comes to anxiety, twice as many women experience anxiety as men. Yeah. So this is a real issue mm. for women. Mm. Because... And it's... Hmm. Yeah, what were you going to say then? There must be, like, men must struggle with anxiety too. They so do. Think if men struggle yeah. with anxiety, if women are twice as much, it must be a massive issue. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. You know, the stats from the Mental Health Foundation, I think it's, it's one in four or one in five people get diagnosed with an anxiety or mood disorder. Yeah. And that's just people who are diagnosed. So a lot of people experience anxiety and don't get a formal diagnosis of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And lots of, you know, this is an area that I'm really interested in because a lot of my clients uh, who come to me for coaching are experiencing anxiety. And that's why I really wanted to learn more about anxiety and learn how I could help them uh, to do that. And I've also experienced anxiety in my life as well at different points. Yeah. Same. So how did that manifest for you? Well, it's kind of been in different ways, really. So when I was younger, I didn't really realize that I, that I wouldn't have labeled it anxiety. Yeah. You know, um, maybe just a little bit uptight. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to be an absolute perfectionist, right? So things mm. had to be a certain way. Um, and that I'm still, I'm still, I say a recovering perfectionist because yeah. I can still drop into that tendency but I'm a lot more relaxed about it now. But, but that need to, to get things right, to look like I knew what I was doing, um, to, to be, be good, you know, so it would be a lot of worry about, um, you know, how is this going to go? How can I get the best outcome? Or worried about this isn't going to go well at all. You know, I'm thinking about the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah. Yeah, so there's been different, particularly when I was um, a teenager and in my 20s, I had more of that kind of experience. Um, And then I started doing more personal development work on myself in my 30s and um, became aware of that passion. And um, then actually I got into a really bad relationship, didn't realize at the time that because it wasn't really talked about, this person was definitely narcissistic. And had a lot of um, challenges in that relationship. And that was when I would say that I really noticed anxiety in my life where I could really go, oh, wow, I've got anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I wonder if Mm. there is a tendency to kind of dismiss that as, yeah, I'm a bit uptight or I'm stressed or I'm a bit frazzled. And actually, like, I guess at what point does it become an issue? You know, like Mm. from from just being a day to, like, I know for me, I, I literally unplugged all the phones in the house and I, I yeah. remember just lying in bed and my heart racing and I could hear it mm. like outside of my body. I'm like, there's nothing wrong though. There's actually nothing wrong right now, but just feeling so yeah. unsafe. And it's like, well, this is a problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. I'm like yeah. grocery shopping two towns over in the middle of the night because I couldn't, I just didn't want to see anyone that I knew. Like, yeah. All that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. 
talk about it. And, but then when you start talking about it, everyone mm. comes out and says, oh my God, that's so me. I've, and this yep. happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. It's like, can we just normalize this as part of the human experience, please? Absolutely. <laughs> and, absolutely. And you know, the, way that our, the way that our brains operate, it, it is a natural way of, of relating with experiences. You know, there's, a, there's that old saying that, um, that as humans today, we are the ones that survived because we were the biggest warriors right yeah not not warriors <laughs> but yeah. warriors yeah. you know worrying about what's going to go wrong yeah <laughs> and, and putting in place things to um mediate that you know so and we we have that negativity bias where we naturally go to think about what what could go wrong yeah um what are the risks here um so really we've got our evolution <laughs> that we're working with that yeah. actually takes us into a place of worry yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's such a liberating thing too, like, because when you realize that actually your brain is hardwired that way, it's not that we are negative. I mean, obviously we still need to take responsibility for, you know, how we live and how we choose to, you know, think and focus and stuff. But if you understand that actually, yeah, for our survival, our brains are hardwired to keep us safe then it makes it a lot easier to understand and not be so hard on ourselves yeah. <laughs> when stuff yeah. comes up. Yeah. I think especially when we're going through, like you say, personal development and we're pushing ourselves way out of our comfort zones and we're actually mm. in situations which it makes sense that we would be anxious because it's new. We don't know what's mm. going to happen. There's a huge yeah. risk of failure or rejection or falling flat yeah. on our face, whatever it may be. It kind of mm -hmm. makes sense, right? This is something that helped me so much on my yeah. my journey is understanding that that oh, actually, my brain's just trying to keep me safe here. It's not that I'm yeah. a failure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's doing doing what it thinks is the best. Yeah, <laughs> just just a little bit misguided. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> how, and how to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we all like social anxiety is a really big uh, common thing. Yes. And as as human beings, part of that safety was be belonging to a group, right? Like, and because if we belong to a group and we're accepted in that group, then that elevates our level of safety, yeah. right? And so in going into social situations, that sense of feeling rejected or not feeling like you're part of this group, it's like, it can become a really big um, you know, point of worry or concern for yeah. us. Is mm. this why we compare ourselves to everyone else so much? Because we're trying to fit in with them. Yeah, because we, the more that we, you know, there's a, the more that we are like other people in our group, the more um, accepted we are in the yeah. group. And our brain actually is also creating that distinction of, are you part of my tribe or not part of my tribe? Yeah. Are we similar enough <laughs> to feel like we get along and we belong, right? Yeah. So we've got all this, so we've got all this stuff going on that creates this condition for us if we're not, um, you know, bringing enough awareness to it, that can actually take us down this path that's not healthy for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh my mm. God, that's a real aha moment. Did you just hear that light bulb turn on above my head? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, the, like, how many times have I talked to people about comparison and stuff like that, but actually, and we're all about don't compare yourselves and one of a kind and all that stuff, but actually, yeah. and yes, that's true. However, if we are programmed to be looking for that belonging, then mm. it makes sense that we want to be like everyone else because we want to fit in because that's where we get our safety and our survival yep. and all that kind of stuff from. Yeah, absolutely. So, wow. Wow. Okay, thanks. End <laughs> <laughs> of that podcast. No, I need to go and ponder that down. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so when, when clients come to you and they've got a lot of anxiety and stuff, where do you kind of start working with them? Well, it, it kind of depends on how their anxiety is showing up, really, because um, we can have, you know, what, what's called context-based anxiety, where it's about a particular, um, a particular kind of thing, right? So it might be um, there's anxiety in relation to flying, getting on, getting on a plane, yeah. or anxiety in relation to going to social situations where you don't know somebody, right? So that's kind of context-based. And then we can have generalized anxiety where the person starts worrying about worrying and often, not all the time, but context-based anxiety, if it's not um, kept in check, can actually expand out into other areas of your life. And then there's 
start getting that generalized anxiety. Mm. Um, and then we can also have anxiety from trauma. And that, that's different to um, context and, and generalized anxiety where those types of anxiety are looking, thinking about the future and being concerned and worried about the future. Whereas anxiety from trauma is about suddenly, suddenly connecting back in with the past traumatic experience and having a panic attack or anxiety around that. Mm. Yeah, so depending on how somebody is experiencing their anxiety, there's different ways uh, to help somebody um, move through that. And, you know, one of the, but for all of those things, one of the key elements is about education and understanding how our brain actually works and, you know, the, the, that wiring that we have, like what we've just been talking about, um, that gets in the way. And actually, we just need to normalize it because it's, it's not that there's something wrong with this, with this person. We all experience anxiety in different ways and at different times. Yeah, it's about it's about learning how to um, to bring that self awareness and learning how to manage it and um, let it go. Yeah, yeah. Cue the um, frozen soundtrack in my head now. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be there for the rest of the day. <laughs> okay, so. So in terms of the brain itself, what, mm. what are the things that you wish that people understood like on a basic level about how the brain actually works? Yeah, so I think, you know, those things that we were talking about where um, we have core needs as human beings that we're trying to fulfill, yeah. right? And safety and connection are, are two of the key ones, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we're continuously wanting to make sure that we're safe we're also wanting to make sure that we're connected and that we belong. Um, and the brain also likes certainty, right? Mm. So it's trying to create certainty all the time. Yep. And worry hooks into that, right? So it hooks into this idea that there's something happening in the future and I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure about how it's going to go. And so because of my negativity bias, I'm going to fill that in with negative things. Right, so, yeah. and then if I <laughs> and then if I allow my brain to get carried away with that because that's what it likes to do, oh. then it's going to ruminate on that. And women tend to ruminate more than than men do. Yeah. Right? So we our, our brains tend to default down into rumination more quickly, and that's one of the reasons why women experience well. That's what I think that women experience anxiety more yeah. than men. Yep. So we've got to get more control over that. We've got to get more awareness of it because we can interrupt it. And this is the other important thing for people to know is that we can have more control over our brain than what, what it might feel like yeah. sometimes. Yeah. 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 We can, and, and also our nervous system. So our nervous system plays a role in anxiety as well. Um, that feeds into um, our experiences as we've been growing up. How has our nervous system been conditioned yeah. around um, fight, flight, freeze yeah. reactions? Yeah. yeah. So we can have habits in our nervous system and also in our emotional reactions mm. around how we choose to, or how we react to situations. Yeah. And so the more awareness that we can bring to that, then we've got choice. The more awareness that, that we're starting to notice, okay, I have this pattern yeah. of doing these types of reactions. All right. So how can I bring more awareness in the moment? more awareness before when if I know I'm going into those sorts of situations or experiences yeah. and start training myself to calm that system down more often, mm. which we can absolutely do. Yeah. That's mm. the craziest thing. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I went to a naturopath and mm. about just wanting more energy and stuff like that. And mm. she started asking me all these questions about my childhood like, mm. and I was like, what does yeah. this have to do with anything? She's like, because your adrenals are burned out. So there's stress coming from somewhere. And she traced it all yeah. the way back. And I was like, wow, that's actually yeah. incredible to understand the impact of that. Um, yeah. Even now on how, yeah, yeah crazy. Absolutely. And <laughs> I know in the first two years of our life is actually a really important time where our nervous system is getting um, kind of programmed in with those reactions, our autonomic nervous system. Yeah. 
And so, you know, even small things that happen in that time can affect us later in life in terms of how we are reacting. You know, I've had clients who, um, for whatever reason, their mum has had to go away um, for, which was pretty common actually back in the um, 60s and um, early 70s, um, had to go away for um, mental health reasons, um, you know, for months at a time, and they would feel abandoned. But they didn't even remember it. But their nervous system has that coding. Wow. Um, and so they're not even really aware of where has that come from. But then they've heard stories saying that, you know, this, this happened. And then when we, when we link that back, it makes absolute sense from where that worry and concern is, is coming from and those reactions are coming from. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. so interesting. So that kind of mm. answers a few things around the nature versus nurture debate. It's not really yeah. black and white, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a whole lot no. of grey. <laughs> There's a whole lot of grey. They all come together. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so as, as for people that are, that are parents, you know, you can do a lot in those first two years of helping your child to feel really safe and secure. And that sets up really good um, uh, nervous system coding them in terms of how they respond to situations as they go forward in life yeah mm. nuts mm. there was mm. another light bulb moment aha moments all over the place can we jump back into though so men and women and when you're talking about the difference mm. in our brains and kind of how we how women ruminate more on things this is mm. so can you talk to that a little bit more yeah i mean i don't i don't know fully why why that happens for them, but I know that it does happen. And I know that our hormones play a big role in that as well. So uh, uh, what's going on with our hormones is, is women also have us experience more anxiety and more of that, that, that worry. Um, and we, we respond to, so that rumination is part of our way of responding differently to stresses in life. So men tend to respond to stresses in life um, differently. They can compartmentalize more easily than women can. And they also might access different emotions like anger. Yeah. More than what where, where a woman would go to a stressor is it's more worry and anxiety. Yeah. Where they might go more to anger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is it anger yeah. though, or is anger the mask for sick because I feel like often anger is, a, is just a cover-up for being sad right <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so anger is a um I call it I don't know if that's what you what the term is it I like to say it's a more of a um higher level emotion yeah there are there are other emotions that sit underneath anger for all of us yeah <clears throat> yeah so you know if I'm working with somebody that that's dealing with anger I want to find out what's underneath that because it is a mask, it's, you know, it's a lot of, it's, it's aggression outwards, yeah, <clears throat> um, mm. but there's stuff going on underneath that that's hurting, yeah. which is why that's getting projected out, yeah, and I yeah. just remembered actually that um, one of the reasons why I don't think men ruminate as enough, uh, as much, is because of the, of testosterone in their, in their body, yeah. and so the testosterone takes it more to that um, anger place rather than the the anxiety because yeah. yeah. I guess that that would have served you like back in the day if you've got a war oh, yeah. tribe you want to get angry you don't want to be like yeah. I'm sad exactly exactly you want to be either you know accessing that um defending myself or knowing that it's time to um get the heck out of there and I need yeah. to move quickly yeah. yeah yeah rather than kind of sitting down and um, feeling down about it yeah. yeah, that totally makes sense. That totally, totally. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. So, okay. So then, in terms of men and anxiety, because I do think mm. that, uh, I mean, I read this stat the other day that the, the biggest cause of death in men under forty-five is suicide. Mm. And so I think it is, yeah. and I like I know I, I feel like our this kind of generation now it's a it's an interesting time because I know this is very you know you don't really really mean to say these things about gender roles and stuff but I feel mm. like there has to be a consequence of of where our society is at right now because back mm. in the day they were very clear it was clearly defined yep. this is your job this is my job and but mm. now it's like 
and the sort of rise of female empowerment. Yeah. Do men actually know how to be and what to do? And is that generating some issues for them and their mental well-being? Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I think it definitely does. My um, husband actually did a project for the um, Mental Health Foundation on um, men having better conversations. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, and um, this was one of the the key things, right? Is what is our role as men these days? Um, a lot of confusion about you know, what they could say and couldn't say, um, you know, how are they supporting their family? Um, what's, what's their actual role in that? So I think it is, you know, yeah. like our identity um, and knowing who we are is really important for us in terms of how we function. Um, and when we've got confusion about that, then that can cause us a lot of angst. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. honestly, I I feel because it's all good for us. We're all you know superwoman, and we yeah. can have it all and da 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 da. <laughs> but I just wonder, like, like with men, I um. So my partner, months and months ago, he um opened the car door for me, and yeah. I was just like, oh my god, like that is the hottest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Absolutely, no. yeah. I was like, that is just you know. <laughs> swoon kind of thing um and i've told everyone about it right now there's this dating coach in england called matthew hussey i don't know if you've heard of him no he, he um his business is called get the guy but he yeah. um so he works with women but right. he works from the point of view that you have to basically claim that you're a high value person and just become a high yeah. value woman as opposed to needing yeah. a guy so he kind of comes Being needy nice yeah. Yeah. And um and so you learn how to communicate your value and set boundaries mm. and stuff. He's awesome. He's really, really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. and I remember him, he was doing this workshop where he had like, you know, two hundred women or something in a room. And he yeah. was like, Oh, you woman. And it was so funny. And he said that, you know, you guys all want like a man, but then a guy yeah. tries to open a door for you and you have you sass him and you've got this attitude <laughs> and you're like, I can do it myself. And it's like this is the thing. Yeah. So there's part of us that wants so, you know it's like it's so confusing because back in mm. the day, a man would have opened the door for you that is how yeah. it would have been and so whereas yeah. for me I'm like I love this it's not that I can't open my own car door but I want yeah. you to open it for me I yeah. I receive that you know but then there's so much I think to in this sort of yeah rise of female mm. empowerment there is this thing of I can do it myself I don't need a man it's like sort of about needing yeah. one but it's about allowing like just learning how to receive as well, like leading Absolutely. someone after you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, to I totally agree with that. You know, um, I think, you know, there's, um, and I posted about International Women's Day a little bit earlier on um, uh, my Facebook page, you know, and how far we've come as women and um, that we still have more to do around that to step into our power. But at the same time, you know, we can do ourselves a disservice around that, I think, you know, like, we now feel like we have to be superwoman. Yeah. And we set up these lives that are so full and busy yeah. um, and feeling like we've got to, got to, you know, be able to look like we don't need help and that we can do it all and do whatever we want. Mm. But actually we all need to feel supported. We all, yeah. you know, and um, for me, equality is about, and equity is about recognising each other's strengths and, um, supporting each other in those strengths and leveraging off that because women have things that you know that, that they can be really amazing at and other things that they're not that, that the masculine side can bring in that's so valuable um, yeah. for us and vice versa so how do we live in harmony with that masculine and the feminine rather than making um, either gender wrong yeah. or any mixed gender um, yeah. that yeah, that's going on with that. How can we support each other? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, celebrate each other's strengths. Totally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. I feel mm. like this is quite a big issue. I've noticed it coming up quite a lot with my girlfriends, just in random conversations, about <laughs> this thing about receiving. And I mm. think we put so much pressure on ourselves to be it all. Like, we want mm. to do everything. We want to be everything. It's like it wasn't, yeah. meant, it wasn't meant to be that way. Like we want the full-time yeah. job and the money and the career and the family and yeah. this, this and this yeah. and this. And, and it's like, it's actually, no wonder we're all stressed out and anxious. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, it's not rocket science, eh? Like, right. <laughs> we built a rod for our own backs with that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And because I get, I kind of wonder too, like, how much of anxiety do you think comes from not accepting ourselves as we are? Because, like, what you were saying mm. before about the perfectionism thing, you know, it's like, you yeah. know, like Jess Stewart and I talked about this recently. Mm. Um, this thing of like, you've got to, you know, you've got to earn it. You've got to be better and then you'll be. And it's like, but yeah. actually, how do we get to that place where we can sit at home in our track pants and watch mm -hmm. Netflix for a whole Sunday <laughs> and feel like we're winning at life, you know, and not be apologetic yeah. at all. Like, actually, sometimes you need a day to just chill and not have any expectations, you know? Oh, you so need that. <laughs> You yeah. absolutely need that. Yeah. That's actually one thing that I'm really good at. I am too. I don't understand people that can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, we get so many messages from society telling us that that's wrong, you know, that we should be striving all the time, that we should be um, wanting more and be, be doing more. Yep. And that's one of the... You know, that is one of the reasons the contributors to why anxiety is higher now than what it was back, you know, in the 1960s. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so on that, so what are the other contributors, some of the other ones? Um, so with anxiety, so it's definitely, um, you know, this idea that we have all these things that we've got to live up to. Yeah. Um, there's um, not feeling good enough, yeah. you know, which is what is a, you know, a symptom but I think, you know, that not good enough, in my experience, every single one of us has that somewhere in our life, yep. yeah, as a limiting belief of not feeling good enough. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, that's something for us to, I think, is, is a lifelong work for us to, to work on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just when you think you've nailed it. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> Yeah, experience of that that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're um, growing too, and if you're in that mm. place of personal development, which most mm. people who listen to this are, um, mm. you're always out of your because you're always out of your comfort zone. You're always in that growth. Mm. So of course you're not going to be because you're striving. You're reaching for something that you haven't yet achieved. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I feel like everything comes back to self worth. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. yeah. You know, the more that you know that you are good enough, that you are worthy, um, and that you're perfect in your in all of your <laughs> your ways of being and your what you what you might call your faults and your problems, um, you're perfect, and you could just be perfect as you are, not needing to do anything else. <laughs> That's how you want to live your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know it's about you choosing but we can we can put all these expectations on ourselves and on others and society can put a whole heap of expectations on us that has us in this space of not feeling good enough yeah and mm. yeah. the um the self-worth tribe that i run with some friends of mine we um, mm. a couple of weeks ago we had a topic around what do we feel shackled to and um, and I I made nice. a video yeah and I made a video about this and I I talked about I think the biggest thing is this belief in society that no matter what you do or how much money you earn or what you look like or what house you have it's never enough mm. it doesn't actually yeah. matter it's it's unattainable so yeah. it doesn't matter what you do it will never be good enough and I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing so it's like we're running towards the skull that doesn't exist. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, to go back to where I started with, you know, photography and stuff like that, um, mm. even this thing of what is beautiful, what is, mm. what do you, what is good enough? Well, we're all different. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, Marilyn Monroe, Kim Kardashian, you know, all these people, it's like the total opposites. It changes every 10 minutes. And then you've got this like yeah. sort of very, very thin prepubescent looking model being portrayed mm. as this is what you should be. But then you've got yeah. the Kim Kardashians on TV. And then mm. you've got, so it's like, there isn't an answer. <laughs> like, no. There just isn't. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> so the moment we can cut that out, the, the happier we will be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just it, this idea of expectations, it really puts a lot of pressure on us. And, mm. you know, accepting, accepting who we are and um, noticing more of the gifts that we have inside of ourselves and the value that we bring is so important for us to, to really 
get grounded um, in who we are and how, how good we actually are. But this is our challenge today is that we have all of these um, avenues where we can compare, like what you were saying before, with social media and um, yeah. you know, with um, globalization, where we have all this access to information now. Mm -hmm. And so we're now not just in our small worlds that we used to be, we've now got access to all of this stuff. And so there's way more for us to compare with now yeah. and get confused about. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's it. Mm. And I think too, it's hard to know, like, inevitably, I'm quite impressed. This We've been talking for like 40 minutes and I haven't ranted about social media yet. That's, <laughs> that's Here it comes. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but the, um, I think the thing with, with social media is that in the comparison thing is that we mm. are comparing ourselves to things that don't exist. And I mean, I mm. like if you, you know, I could take a photo, um, mm. I could filter it. I can mm. have beautiful light, a beautiful like angle, perfect mm -hmm. makeup and hair and clothes. I could, you know, you have no mm. idea that, I don't know, I don't have pants on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, you know, I, I can present this stuff. I could take it into Photoshop. I could edit out the dark from under my eyes. I could do all this sort of stuff and mm. then post some mm. sort of positive thing and everyone will be like, wow, you're doing it. You're just killing life. Yeah. You know, you're winning at life. Yeah. Yeah. And then... So then people would look at that and go, oh, people that I went to school with, oh, she's got this, I should be like this, da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah. there's no honesty. That's the thing. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that's why I love these sort of conversations where we can actually say, oh, hand up, me too. Like I've done that yeah. as well. That's been my experience. Um, yeah. I think there's so much power in, in sharing yeah. because all of us have been here. Like mm -hmm. whether we talk about it or not, all of us yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah. and that you know that's one of the key things about normalizing normalizing it yeah. yeah and and letting people know that they're not alone because it can feel really isolating and yeah. you don't want to you know you don't want to look like you're not handling it these days yeah yeah mm. yeah so but you, we're all but we're all not handling it right a different, yeah. a different way so. together we're all in it together. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's so true, it's so true. um so at a, at a really basic level, because I know, you know, like you're saying, there's different sorts of anxiety and so there'll be different ways of managing that. But mm. at a really basic level, for, is, are there any kind of blanket things for people that they can start doing to help themselves? Yeah. Um, you know, so when we go into this reaction, this kind of fight, flight, freeze reaction, when the um, amygdala, the part of the brain that's constantly scanning for threat, mm -hmm kind of hijacks the brain we want to do some things to to calm that down right and so when we're in that state our emotions have taken over um, the the um, protect behaviors are coming in for us we start um, thinking to ourselves and what if statements what yeah. if this happens what if that happens what if blah blah so we've got high emotions we've got trying to protect ourselves and we've got this this kind of loop that our thinking patterns get into. So we can help ourselves in some different ways around that. So I'm sure um, uh, that you would have come across breathing techniques. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm a before. big meditator. <laughs> yeah, great, so mindfulness, yeah. yeah. So people can really dismiss breathing techniques, right? Um, because they seem really simple. And also mindfulness, like how does that actually work, you know? Um, it's way harder than I would say. The resistance, yeah. man, all my coaching clients, it's the first thing that I do. And the, the pushback that you get is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the other <laughs> thing, we have, we have an aversion like, to slowing down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's an aversion also, to slowing down. Do you think that as well, like everyone has all, well, this is what my observation has been so far. The thing is, mm. if someone's coming for coaching, it's because there's some stuff going on that they want to mm. work through. And so I feel yeah. like most of us have all of this stuff just bubbling under the surface and that mm -hmm. the reason we don't have to deal with it is because we keep ourselves so busy. But it's like, mm. it's like we know that, oh my God, if, yeah. if we give ourselves 20 minutes to sit and be still, who knows what's yeah. going to come up? Who and knows? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with some of this stuff that yeah. I've been stuffing down. I'm going to feel it because you, they already know it's there. And honestly, every single yeah. person has been exactly the same. Just mm. not, like I've just had to so push them. 
And then mm. they do it and they're like, oh my God, I feel so relaxed and so good. Yeah. Really? Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a revelation. <laughs> and yes, but it again, is. It's been around but for a is. while, you know, I didn't create this. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So both breathing techniques and mindfulness work with our autonomic nervous system functioning, right? Yeah. And this is why they're so powerful. Uh, so we, can I briefly explain? Go that? for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in our autonomic nervous system, we have two arms to that, um, to that um, system. We have the sympathetic arm of the nervous system and the parasympathetic arm of the nervous system. And the sympathetic arm of the nervous system is all about um, getting us stimulated, right, and energized, right? But it's also where um, we experience stress and anxiety, right? Um, and where we experience the fight-flight reaction in our nervous system. And so these days, we are generally overdoing that part of our nervous system. For most of us, we are what they call sympathetic dominant, right? So we're spending a lot of time operating in that part of our nervous system. Go, 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 go. Yep. Yeah. And then the other side of the nervous system, the other arm to it is the parasympathetic arm of that. Um, and that is where we do our rest and digest and recovery. Um, it's also where we experience, if we overdo that, it's also where um, depression kind of sits in there, right? Yeah. Um, we're overdoing that arm of the nervous system. Um, but how our nervous system is designed is that we would move in balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic, mm -hmm. right? So we would have times when we we're in the sympathetic arm of the nervous system and then we'd have times when we we're in the parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. So you can think about it like the sympathetic, like if we use a car analogy, it's like the accelerator, mm -hmm. where we go, and the parasympathetic is like the brake, where we slow down or stop. Yeah. Um, and so with breathing techniques and with mindfulness, we can take ourselves out of that sympathetic dominance and put ourselves into parasympathetic, mm -hmm. because our breathing is one way that our body is trying to create that balance of moving between the two states. Yeah. So our breath in activates the sympathetic arm of the nervous system and our breath out activates the parasympathetic arm. So when we use breathing techniques, if you're, if you're stressed or in that high sympathetic dominance, you can focus on breathing from your diaphragm and doing longer breaths out and mm -hmm. shorter breaths in. So you might breathe in for a count of three and out for a count of six. Now, if you do a cycle of five of those in a minute, it's going to tip you into the sympathetic arm of the nervous system. And so your body now is going to calm down and relax. And mindfulness is designed in the same way. So mindfulness techniques are designed to have your body go more into the parasympathetic nervous system response. Yeah. So to help you get into that calm state. So it is, they are both such good things to learn how to use. And, you know, you can do them very, very quickly as well yeah. um, to help you shift your autonomic nervous system state. Yeah. And the more that you can do practices like mindfulness and intentional breathing on a regular basis, as you, you know, as you know, um, that helps your, your amygdala to calm down and to become more regulated so that you get more, you've, you're more in a place where you can choose your responses rather than reacting. So you're training your nervous system and your amygdala to calm down so it doesn't get so sensitized. Yeah. And we definitely, we all definitely need that in today's world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. from in my head hearing, so in like spiritual terms, so mm. they talk about, you know, divine masculine, divine feminine. Mm. So the sympathetic nervous system is the masculine, right? The like go, the action, the take charge. And then Yeah, I haven't thought about it like that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then parasympathetic yeah. is feminine, so like receive, flow, allow, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the parasympathetic is also where we're more likely to connect with other people. You know, yeah. We like to reach out and, and have that connection going on. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't thought about it like that before. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. So mindfulness, breathing is a huge breathing. thing. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, another really simple thing that you can do if you're in that anxious state um, is that what happens is when we perceive something as threatening, right, which is when we go into anxiety, mm -hmm. the rods and cones in our eyes actually change because they, they become narrower and we can only focus in on the, what we perceive as a threat kind of in front of us. 
so our peripheral vision goes right wow so one way yeah so one <laughs> way that you can also help another way you can help yourself to kind of flick out of that um body response is to actually take yourself into peripheral vision so you know you can hold your i'm doing a demonstration but nobody's going to see that I can see yes. we're on audio. <laughs> so you can <laughs> your you know your fingers out into your peripheral vision and start noticing that looking at a wall and start expanding it out so you can see more of what's going on yeah it also helps to shift your nervous system reaction um, yeah. it's another thing to do um and then if we think about that what if loop of thinking right mm. so there's that we get caught in that oh what if this happens and what if that happens and and it's all negative mm -hmm. so we can also switch that into positive when you notice it. it's like oh okay i'm thinking about this in a really bad way well yeah. what if it actually did work out yeah what if i had the resources that i need to be able to handle this situation yeah um what if i noticed actually all the times that I've already handled situations like this rather than thinking about the times that I didn't. Yeah. This so, is the best exercise ever. This, yeah. I learned this last year, actually. Yeah. Um, cool. in, a group, in a group coaching thing. And it has been yeah. so amazing. And because when you catch, I think it, the thing is, it's the awareness, right? So you've got to catch these yeah. things early before they spiral. Because yeah. once you're before in that, just so overwhelmed, it's like you're not going to be able to sit here and actually reflect on positive things yeah. at all. But yeah. that thing of when you notice that sort of yuck feeling in your stomach of like, oh, what if, um, I don't know, you're scared about something. What if I muck it up? Mm. What if I don't do it? And you're like, what if I smash it? And you can yeah. feel the shift like in your body. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. the little things, and I guess understanding the negativity bias as well, that, that catching yeah. your brain going yeah. to like, oh my God, what if this, what if they're doing this? Or what if they, what, I don't know, but what if they're just busy at work and that's why they haven't got back to me? And yeah that's exactly always the case that's always <laughs> right it's like but the, to notice the shift like and i yeah. think this is the thing to to physically feel the change in your body and it's mm. so, it's literally like flipping a switch yeah. where you're like oh and you just feel such relief straight away and it's so oh, amazing yeah. that yeah. um the power of the mind you know like yeah. have you um have you heard of wayne dyer yes yeah yeah, yeah. he's sure. one of my favorite teachers and he always yeah. talked about that, like how humans are the only people that can just stress ourselves out with just a thought. It's not even... I know. But we can, <laughs> we're, we're so good at it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a thought and yet it totally controls. And then I guess you go off on a tangent and if we let ourselves run with it, all of a sudden you've created this absolute nightmare that doesn't even exist. Just exactly. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Catastrophizing. We're so good at catastrophizing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah, the yeah. what if that is what so if. powerful. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So um what else is there? Well we can actually do something else like similarly with thoughts, where um the those those sorts of thoughts that we have have a structure to them. Mm -hmm. And we get habitual we get patterned into it, right? So we talk to ourselves in particular ways. Without realizing it, we use a particular tone of voice at a particular speed when we say those things to ourselves. Um, we, we have this, this patterning to it, and so we can change that, and that will interrupt it as well. So anything that we can do to interrupt that pattern, because that's basically what happens with rumination, we get caught in this pattern, yeah. right? Anything we can do to interrupt that and change it. So you can even just notice that stream of thinking. Um, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. Um, nothing's going to work out, whatever, yeah. whatever, however that is going. Yeah. And you can change the way you say it to yourself. Yeah. You could sing it to yourself. Like, um, <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. I know it's all going to turn to shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So you change it around, right? And, and then yeah. you start laughing about it, right? Yeah. And that, um, that interrupts the pattern. So things like that that you can do as well. Or you can say it, start saying it in like a cartoon voice. <laughs> like how, how, might, how might Donald Duck say this to himself? <laughs> so, so, so you play around with the structure of it and that, it also interrupts the pattern. Yep. yep. And it's kind of fun to do. Yep. yep. 
I love that. Um, it makes sense too, like in a real life situation. So I have this ridiculous saying, it makes no sense, but it, it snaps me out of whatever I'm in. And it's, um, yeah. haters going to hate, potatoes going to potato. Right. So if, um, if your friend comes to you and says, Oh my God, this person like attacked me online and you say that to them, but there's nowhere mm. to go. Like you just have to laugh about it. And yeah. it's the same yeah. with me. If, if anyone, I don't know, if, if someone's being negative about something rather than taking yeah. it on and absorbing it out, that's what I'll say to mm. myself. And you kind of cackle away by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. Then, yeah, makes sense. It makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So having some little sayings or phrases <laughs> uh, like that are really helpful. Um, and so, you know, what the, just like what you've done is knowing, you know, what are my triggers for that? And what, and what are the ways that I say particular things to myself? Where, where can I go? So yeah. bringing that awareness to that is so important because as I said earlier, you know, the more awareness you have, the, the more opportunity you've got for choosing a different response. Yeah. Totally. So, so getting really clear on that stuff. You know, mm. um, when I teach resilience training, that's one of the things that one of the first things we do is identify. So what are your triggers that you know? Yeah. Um, and what are your signs and symptoms that let you know, oh, I'm starting to go down. <laughs> it's yeah. a really unhelpful way <laughs> of relating. Yeah. Because that's what it actually is. It's my the way I'm relating is causing this. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's not about situations at all. Because you know, um, if you look at research, let's say, as an example of public speaking, right? So many people freak out about public speaking, get anxiety about it and nerves about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do it as a job. I get paid to do it. I voluntarily go and do it, right? Yes. Um, and I enjoy it. <laughs> it's not the situation itself, right? Yeah. Um, some people love to jump out of planes, yeah? And other people would be like, that would be my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, but other people love it and get a real thrill from it. It's not the situation. This is what we really need to start getting clear in our minds is it's not about the situation or that person, right? This is about how I am perceiving my experience. Yes. And I'm in control of my perception. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> when I it. Notice so. it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but I I've got to notice it. Yeah. And this is mm. the thing. And, but then also take responsibility for yourself yeah. and your reaction. Because I feel yes. like it's way easier to, like if someone is rude to you, it's way mm. easier to just have a crack at them and have an attitude yeah. and be angry. But actually, yeah. well, you, we don't even know what happened and why do we choose no. to get that in? And I just, I notice yeah. it so often, we're so reactive to things. Like, oh yeah. Um, mm. And in that moment, I guess when we get into that emotional part of our brain, we forget what we actually believe and what we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and maybe that's because, is this because we've triggered that, that fear that, oh my God, we're not safe, we're not connected, we're not yep. belonging. Is that where that actually comes from? Absolutely. So when we have that, um, that amygdala hijack, right? So we go into that, um, whatever level we've gone into, because it can be mild or really big. Mm. Um, what actually occurs is the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that does that logical, rational thinking, yep. is actually not available to us. Yeah. Right? So we're now operating on that emotional, reactive, habitual response reactions yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not until we've calmed down that we can have those rational thoughts like gosh wouldn't it have been better if I'd said xyz <laughs> yeah. or if I just handled it that way that would have been way better <laughs> yeah. but unfortunately it was that way of thinking wasn't available to us because we were caught up in that emotional reactivity trying to keep ourselves safe yeah so the more that we can do to desensitize those reactions in us, the more opportunity we've got to be able to stay in the rational thinking. And yeah. the more opportunity that, so the earlier that we can notice going down that path, the more we can go, oh, I've got to calm down my emotions. Hang on, let me do some breathing techniques here. Or let me just walk away from the situation right now so that I maybe, I, maybe I can just pop to the bathroom yeah. <laughs> and calm myself down in there. Uh, start talking to myself more effectively but to be able to talk to ourselves more effectively we have to have calmed those emotions down yeah. right because that that changing that inner dialogue requires us to have the prefrontal cortex functioning right mm -hmm. so we've got to calm the emotions down so finding ways that you can calm yourself down first and then you start you know switching to your inner coach using your mm -hmm. what if thing uh, reframing 
the way that you're relating with that situation. Then you can use those cognitive techniques, but you've yeah. got to calm yourself down. Oh my God. This is yeah. another aha moment. Holy, this is <laughs> awesome. So um, a couple of weeks ago, because I was talking to someone on a podcast about mm. journaling, because wow. I am a chronic, yes. this is one of the, it's one of the ways that I process everything and figure everything out. Mm, and awesome. I came to the understanding through that yeah. conversation that um, it's because it gets you into that. So it's the prefrontal cortex, obviously it's out of the emotional mm. part of your brain. Cause I always yeah. feel such clarity and such yes. like, because it's the logic and I, I'm like, ah, oh. and like you write stuff down and you're like, that's not even true. Like halfway through, you're like, that's not even true. Yeah. That's just your yeah. emotion. Right. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. actually this is the reality. And I just feel so calm. That totally, because yeah. that's what I'm doing is shifting back into the, the actual logical part of my brain. Absolutely. Awesome insight. Yeah. Because that's another thing that, you know, we want to train ourselves to do, which is what mindfulness helps as well, is mm. to step out of your experience and be the observer of your experience, right? And the yeah. more that we can be the observer of our experience, the more control we have. And there's, there's, um, yeah. there's some research that says that if you talk to yourself, about yourself in the third person. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're done singing again, to yourself in the car. <laughs> yeah, you're done singing to yourself. That, um, that also helps you to step out of your internal reaction and be that objective observer. Yeah. And, you know, to, to have those rational, more rational thoughts, right? Like, wow, look at that. I'm noticing that right now Michelle's having a really big reaction to the situation. Mm. Wow. Um, I wonder what advice would be really useful for Michelle right now to help her deal with that situation. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you're kind of having this dialogue um, to yourself about yourself. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the questions I found that really helps me is um, hmm. what is this actually about? Because ah, nice. going back to yep. that trigger thing, oh my God, when you yep. start to realize, and this awareness thing changes your life. When you yep. start looking at people looking to understand instead of react. It changes yes. the whole world because you're like, yep. it makes sense that you would behave like that because this is your belief. This is your fear. Mm. And so mm. even when you're fighting, like when you're fighting, I never fight, of course. Hey, look. <laughs> but if, if I was to have a fight or a disagreement with someone, it makes it a lot easier to understand how to react because you can look mm. at them and know, okay, yep. they're angry about this. They're not actually angry. They're triggered because this is their fear. And these yeah. words have triggered that. And for me, what I found is that the trigger is, even though it always feels so real, right? It feels like I'm upset because yeah. you did this or you said this. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's that it's triggered my fear that I am not good enough. It's yeah. triggered. Um, yeah. There are two things that I found my triggers. And I love that you brought this up about triggers. Um, mm. Fear of rejection and mm -hmm. vulnerability. So I can oh, pretty yeah. much trace back anything. If I get really upset or angry or guarded or defensive, I can always trace mm -hmm. it back to feeling scared because I feel vulnerable. Yeah. And this is with nice. journaling. It just like, it totally, you can see so yeah. clearly why you've reacted this way. And then you feel yeah. like a real idiot and you've got to crawl back with your tail between your legs. And you're like, oh my God, I ripped your head off and it wasn't even about you. Like, yeah. <laughs> but at least Absolutely. we have the awareness. And then, so then the next time you go and you, you have that awareness that okay, I even though I'm working through these things, they are they still mm. pop up from time to time, you know. Oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> Abs you know, like I, I think I said earlier, you know, you we've never made it, you know, we've never made it past, yeah. past all our all our stuff, you know. Yeah. Like we are just uh, we're dealing with things, we're evolving, we're growing, but there's just always more. There's always more there, um, as a, if we choose to take up that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, to do that. And I love what you were saying about looking to understand, you know, because um, the more curious, that, that attitude of curiosity that we can cultivate and looking to understand the situation and understand where another person might be coming from yeah. and, and what's going on for ourselves, yeah. then the, the more we have available to us to choose how to respond. Yeah. Totally. But one of the other challenges that we have when we go into, when we really go into an amygdala hijack is it's hard to have empathy for another person because empathy sits in the prefrontal cortex, right? So ah. um, if that's not functioning very well, it's very hard for us to step into the shoes of another person. So we've got to, again, we've got to deal with those emotions and really consciously think what's, what might be going on for them. Yeah. Let me step into, let me try and step into their world without judgment. 
Yeah. Because mm. that's the crazy thing. Yeah. I, like, again, when you're fighting, not that I ever would, but... Um, mm. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's amazing how you can watch people who you know so well turn into almost an entirely different person. And, yeah. And then they say all these things and then later on you're like, I didn't mean it. And it's like... Mm-hmm. But why did you say it? But that's it, because it, it's like this kill or be killed kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like we've been taken over by a demon part of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, 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 trying to protect ourselves. And so it's so important that we have compassion for ourselves. This is something I really had to learn, you know, for myself as I was overcoming perfectionism, having compassion for myself um, and my humanness um, and the fact that I you know, that I react to situations or I get triggered by situations and having compassion for myself and then compassion for other people because they're just human too. They're yep. having their own reactions to situations, yep. just like I do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> don't make any sense. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. think this is one of the biggest things, you know, why I'm so passionate about self-worth in terms of mm. personal development even because I feel like in order for us, like if you had a crack at me right now, my... Mm my belief that I am worthy is going to be the thing that keeps me grounded and calm and not let that in and not make it about me. But if I, if I am running these stories of I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough, no one loves me, I'm not worthy. Then if you attack me, I'm going to be like, well, it's because I'm nothing and I'm going to bite back. So I feel like so much of our power comes from knowing that we are enough, like we Mm -hmm. talked about. And then, so then it's easier to observe other people and not, make it about yeah. us because we do like yep. to think it's all about us don't we oh totally <laughs> yeah. it is isn't it yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> well you just opened up my mind <laughs> no because we are like we are so and I don't mean this in a in a, in a derogatory way but we are self-centered right it's, it's, it's our yeah. perspective is is coming from ourselves yeah yeah, uh, we are creating our reality. Yeah. And yeah, so the more that um, we can bring awareness to that, that we are creating our experience. Yeah. Um, whether it's good or bad, we're creating it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which most yeah. people do not want to hear. Because it's easier no. to blame other people too. If you've got a crap, a crap experience, it's like, yeah, oh, you created that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, people, you know, and we all will experience challenging times. Yeah. Every single one of us. Yeah. But what we have control over is how are we, how are we responding in those times, and also what are we setting up as patterns, or inside of ourselves that, that might keep putting us in those situations. Mm. Um, you know, when we don't feel good enough, we are if we have a strong belief about that. So all of our beliefs we're trying to reinforce all the time, con- unconsciously because our beliefs are how we make sense of the world and ourselves and other people. And yeah. so we want them to be reinforced. Yeah. And so if we've got limiting beliefs, well, we all have limiting beliefs, but if we've got limiting <laughs> beliefs, like I'm not good enough, and we really, really strongly believe that, we will be unconsciously putting ourselves in situations that reinforce and validate that we're not good enough. And, and seeking um, them out, I guess, as well. Like our yeah. focus will actually be, like the reticular activating system thing, that changes yeah. your life once you learn that yeah. as well. our brains can't actually yeah our brains can't take in everything so it looks for what we program into it so Mm -hmm. yeah if the belief is that i'm not good enough then i'm only going to see that and i'm going to miss all the evidence contrary to that exactly (laughs) exactly yeah or if the situation's not safe i'm only going to see the things that reinforce that i think the situation's not safe yeah yeah. So I guess in terms yeah. of anxiety, that's something that's so important to understand as well. Mm. Is that, mm. And that's why I guess the earlier on we can shift our focus into something positive, the better, because otherwise yeah. it's only going to magnify. If we feel yes. not safe and we're only looking for things that are not safe and things that make us not good enough, yeah. then eventually we'll be unplugging the phones in our house and hiding out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, that reminds me of a, another common technique for anxiety, which or if you're having a panic attack is to bring your attention to the physical environment around you. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, so you might say, what am I not? What are five things I notice in the room? Yeah. Chair, table, picture, jug. Yep. So yeah, you are, shifting your focus of your attention so that that reticular activating system is starting to notice other things 
mm. rather than the inner turmoil. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is just buzzing. Can you see the fireworks coming off my head? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so for someone kind of very early on in there with, with anxiety and, and sort of taking responsibility and ownership for that. So we've given mm. them some awesome tips. Is there any other piece of advice that you'd like someone to know? <laughs> um, um, I think I just want the distinction between um, anxiety from trauma and anxiety from future focused stuff. Yeah. So with anxiety from trauma, um, you know, it's really, you really also want to, want to get into a place of feeling that you're good enough, you know, knowing that you're good enough. Because when we've had trauma, it really um, triggers that in us. And our, our body or our brain actually codes trauma, traumatic experiences differently uh, in the brain. So the memories are, are coded differently, which is why we have flashbacks and why, um, when we think about the situation, it's not from a looking back and thinking about it. It's feeling like I'm in it again mm. right now in this yeah. experience. It's like I can't separate. My, my brain can't put it on a timeline. It's like I'm back in it now. Yeah. Um, so if you do have um, anxiety from trauma, there are different ways of treating that. And so it's really useful to go to somebody that's trained in trauma recovery. Um, techniques to be able to mm. deal with that yeah. yeah and also if you've got anxiety from trauma you really want to be working with a professional if you're doing mindfulness activities because yeah. um because of course you're going to be sitting in the experience right and and it's going to be there um and so that's that can reactivate the trauma so you want to know how to, you know, be able to be teaching yourself how to separate yourself from that because that's essentially what needs to, to happen in the brain is for the brain to recode that experience um, on a timeline like it's a, like it's a normal memory mm. that you can look back on and know that it happened in the past, not that it's happening right now. Yeah, mm. I totally, yeah. totally identify with that. But um, mm. some of the work that I was doing last year, I got big into um, forgiveness and really like letting mm. go of things. And in, mm. in that process, I sort of unknowingly activated some stuff from the past that I hadn't actually even identified as PTSD, but that's what it was. And holy, right. holy I wasn't prepared for that. And I wasn't, yep. um, I didn't have the right support around me at the time. So yeah. that, that it was like reliving a freaking mm. nightmare, but without the tools to actually manage mm -hmm. it properly. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's huge, the trauma one. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's Definitely. the that's the anxiety from trauma, and then there's the anxiety, yeah. the future one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The future focused anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You want to you want to distinguish those. You want to deal with those differently. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's really useful to get support get professional support with anxiety from trauma. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I was just also thinking about um, um, this rumination and uh, another... You've been another ruminating technique. on rumination. <laughs> I've been ruminating on, on that. Another really cool little technique <laughs> that you can do so, to kind of interrupt it is intentional worrying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so... So if I've got like if I'm working with a client and they're like really caught, let's say, as an example, let's say um, they're really caught up in a negative relationship, right? At, at work, let's say there's this person that's really annoying them, and they just keep thinking about it and thinking about it, and their story is getting bigger and bigger in their mind, and it's like they can't switch off from it, um, or or a situation that's going on. Um, I get them to do what I call intentional worrying. So basically it's like we're setting some boundaries around mm -hmm. worry, right? Yeah. So you have to book a time in your calendar mm -hmm. um, each day to do your intentional worrying. And you can only do it for a set period of time, like yep. 15 minutes, half an hour. And then if you notice at any other point during the day that you're, you're starting to do the worrying, you have to interrupt it. No, no hang on. I've got, I'm booked to do that at five o'clock tonight. 
So I just, I'm not allowed to do it right now. And you go and do something else, right? So that's ah, cool. And then, then when that time comes, you overdo it right? You just, you want to make sure you're on your own <laughs> because yeah. you, say, you, say, you say it out loud, out loud and you're like an over the top kind of voice. Oh my God, that person's such a, you know, you're just like, but you've got to time yourself, right? Okay. I'm only allowed to do it. Yeah. When, that time is, when that time is up, you've got to stop, right? Okay. The time's up. It's all right. I've got to book in again tomorrow at this time. I'll think about it again. Now, in my experience, it only takes a few goes at that before you just get bored with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get so bored with you. I was like, oh my God, I just need to get over this thing. <laughs> so that's another little cool technique that can, can I work love with, that. Um, yeah. With that, type of, with that type of rumination. Yeah. So mm. this is what I do from time to time with my journaling, though. Is that, Yes, you can do it with journaling yeah. too. Yeah. Because yeah. it's um like as much as I you know, try and focus on the positive and stuff. If there are things that keep coming up, I'm like, okay, mm. I need to call this out and like actually get it out. And there is yeah. something so liberating about saying exactly what you mean. And yeah. because it's never about someone else, you never do it to someone else. But like yeah. when you just sit and you write exactly what you think and then you yeah. get it out and, and feel. then yep, <laughs> yep. And you often cry or whatever, usually yeah. you cry. Yeah. But it's so yeah. interesting because there seems to be kind of a pattern. And I know for my coaching clients mm. as well, this is what happens is that the first bit yeah. is always anger and yeah. kind of blame and like, oh, done it, yeah. you know. And then, <laughs> but then the next, after that, you kind of, you come to a more objective point of view where you can start looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're able to make peace with it. And it happens yeah. every time. So whatever it may yeah. be. And I've done this with relationships, fears around things like mm. money um yep. business whatever any yep. relationship stuff and you write it down and because then yeah now that i understand the your brain yeah. prefrontal cortex starts kicking in being like that's not even true monica like why are you yeah. worried about this oh yep. because it's triggered it's triggered my fear of not being good enough and then it's yep. like ding 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 and then it's never an issue and like you literally yeah. journal about it one time yeah i might yep. give myself an hour or something i make my yep. pot of tea i have my little like nice, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but this, that makes total sense when you give yourself yep. that space, and instead of yep. just allowing your mind to run free, you kind of condense it down into yep. one situation, and you just get yep. it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, getting, and you know, the other part of that too is about getting the emotions out because emotions have a have a cycle, right? And but what we tend to do is we suppress it, yeah, and and we don't let it run its cycle. And um, particularly as New Zealanders, we're not very good at being able to yeah. express our emotions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the more that we can do that, the more that we help it to move through, and then we can be back in that, you know, more rational kind of place as well. So there's research around, um, from Dr. James Gross, around labelling our emotions. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can label, I feel, not I am, but I feel mm -hmm. um, hurt, sad, angry, whatever that is, that actually we get a little spike of emotion, but then it calms down and it moves through. Yeah, mm. so another good, another good strategy to use. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Oh my God, I mm. could literally talk to you all day, but I think we need to stop <laughs> I think we need to finish, yeah. Um, but I would love to have you come back because this is, I feel like we've just crept like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um absolutely amazing. So we can link you below so people can find you and that kind of thing. But thank you so awesome. much for your time. This was incredible. You're welcome. Thank and you. I loved it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so knowledgeable now. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that. I'm buzzing. Buzzing. But cool. yeah, I Me so too. appreciate your time and thank you so so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. And um, I will see you very soon. Cool. Thanks, Monica. <laughs> okay, thank you. Have a